0: Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida.
1: Hey everyone, and welcome to J.A.'s Recipe for Success. I am back at J.A. World in our kitchen. It feels so good to be back here. Uh, not that I minded bringing you all into my own personal kitchen, but this is far more impressive, obviously. Um, and I could really uh, whip up some great meals in this kitchen, but, um, but thank you so much for joining us today. And as you know, this show is about featuring entrepreneurs and leaders, community leaders, who have truly made an impact uh, in their careers and in their industries, and just having them share with us a little bit about the ingredients to their success. Today's guest is someone that I have come to admire, respect, uh, and and really truly. Uh, have enjoyed working side by side with. Uh, today's guest is uh, our president and CEO of Junior Achievement of the United States of America. And so I am so thrilled to welcome the president and CEO of JUSA, Mr. Jack Kozakowski. How are you, Jack?
0: I'm doing great, Lori. Thank you for having me on. It's, uh, you guys are doing such uh, amazing, innovative work down there. It's kind of fun now to, to work with you in a different way.
1: It is. It is. You know, I, I was saying earlier, it took me a couple of years to, to kind of get my, you know, get JA South Florida back on track. Um, we went through some some difficult times, but I think that we're really having fun with some stuff. And, and I mentioned to you earlier and I want to tell everybody else the educational materials and curriculum that's coming out of JA USA today man, you guys are, are you just killing it. Um, and what we're offering to our school districts and our students and our parents is really, really top notch. Uh, and I'm really proud to be a part of this organization. But today, Jack, and we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, junior achievement, of course, but I, I also, you know, nobody stays in a job for 45 years um, and does that right with, without some great ingredients to success. So I'd love to hear a little bit about, you know, did you always think you wanted to be the president and CEO of Junior Achievement? Or, you know, what happened along the way to get you to where you are?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Lori. Anybody spends 45 years in a job, obviously they love what they do and they have a passion for it. And so for me, it goes all the way back to when I was in high school uh, and uh, I became a member of the J- the old JA company program that uh, many of the listeners probably are familiar with. but. You know, in those days, I joined for all the wrong reasons. I was sophomore in, in high school, and it was this really cute blonde sitting in front of me, and she raised her hand. So I thought, "Why? Well, this is a great opportunity." And uh, lo and behold, I I went to the J operation there, and this is back in Toledo, Ohio, and uh, there was an advisor, one of the volunteers, that saw something in me that teachers hadn't seen, coaches hadn't seen, and took a real interest in me and gave me opportunities to do things. And so I got more and more involved in the program. I was a shy kid. I mean, I came from a background where, you know, my, my dad had dropped out of high school to join the military. This is back World War II. Ended up becoming a Marine Corps drill sergeant, which explains probably a lot about me Uh, My mom had a high school education, but that was it. And so I didn't really have a focus on education and I I just kind of wandered through school. And, um, you know, I look back on it, kind of had this feeling that things happened to me as opposed that I could make things happen. And through Junior Achievement and, and really going selling and you couldn't do this today, but going around selling door to door, you get a few doors slammed in your face. I, it it kind of wakes you up and uh, builds some confidence in yourself. And so that's really my experience in Jay. And I I had this opportunity. I received a scholarship. Uh, otherwise, I probably would not have gone to college. And uh, it was because of Jay that I got a four-year degree, first kid, my family, uh, to go to school. And then I had a tremendous mentor, uh you know, as I was going through the program there, who really taught me the the highs and the lows about JA, and I developed such a passion that I just can't leave it. It's so much fun. I enjoy what I do.
1: Well, we're glad you didn't leave it because the organization is thriving, and and its work has never been more important, right, than what we do today. Absolutely. And so I, I I definitely want to to touch on that a little bit. You know. I talked about the curriculum and, and the, the experiential experience, right? That we are giving these young people uh, that you just described that you went through. Um, talk a little bit about, for you is just a little bit about, you know, why you think what we do today is, is so important.
0: Well, it's as important today, maybe more so than it was when I was growing up because students are exposed to so much more than we were as young people that sometimes all that technology and all the stuff that they're seeing just creates more confusion and they lack the, the person to person context so that when we get a volunteer that goes into a classroom or they come to a a capstone facility, like you have Jay world down there and they actually interact with an adult who can provide them advice and counsel, you know, for many kids and, and I've over 45 years, I've met a lot of J alums and I would have students come back to me and say, you know, I never met anybody that had a job until I was in JA and I had the volunteer. Um, So, you know, right now, especially with all the societal issues and marginalized kids, we really show them that our private enterprise system is non-discriminatory. If you come up with a great idea, take that product to market, you can be as successful as anybody. So, you know, I like to say that we give kids hope, that they see all the challenges around them, but they also get to meet great volunteers who have a successful track record of their own. And they they start to do as I did as a kid and said, hey, I can do that. And it, it... you know, there's nothing like self-confidence or an efficacy. I've been told that, you know, from our educators, what we do, uh, giving them that inspiration that will take them to the next step.
1: Mm, Yeah, really, really true. And, you know, the other part, I think of what we do and it's interesting at times people haven't thought it was as important, right. As the entrepreneurial and workforce readiness piece, but the financial literacy piece, right. If, we're not seeing today, right, what the lack of even basic financial literacy knowledge can do and how it can devastate a family. Um, boy, I don't know when we have, right? So I think this is such an opportunity for us to get out to families and children and make sure that they're prepared from a financial perspective because we all deserve the, the opportunity to be secure, right, have financial security. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Jack, so you, you came to Junior Achievement, you were, um, you were in the program, inspired by it, by this mentor, then you went to work for Junior Achievement. But something you were doing for the last 45 years, or several things that you have done over the last 45 years, has gotten you from that person who walked in, probably at an entry-level position, to the president and CEO. What were some of the things that either you've been told or that, that you think contributed to your right that that progression of you moving up to ceo president ceo and being successful in that role
0: well you know it's funny having reached 45 years and you know looking back on my career a lot of people will ask that question so i have given it some thought and you know really comes out of it is just a passion for what we do And I always recommend to young people that when they're looking at jobs, money is great, uh, something to look at. But most importantly, you want to find something that that you like to do. Now, you know, you think about what you and I do. We our primary job is to talk people out of their two most important assets, their time and their money. That's (laughs) difficult. You know, we get said no to more than probably any other person in the world. But those of us in this business that are successful are the ones that know what this does for the kids. And so when we're asking for money and we're asking for time, we're not asking for it for us. We're asking for it for those young people that, that we see every day, uh, what goes on and, and how successful they become. And Laurie you know in, in one part of my career I spent about 5 years as the chief operating officer for J JA worldwide and during that period of time I visited I think close to 40 countries around the globe either that had J JA already in operation or that were looking at getting J JA programs started and what struck me during that period of time is how much more value the rest of the world puts on what we do with the free enterprise system and kids than we do in our own country. You know, I go to China and, you know, the, the Communist Party, yet the Communist Youth Organization has endorsed junior achievement because they see the creativity it develops in kids, the, the business mind they develop. You go to the Middle East, and, and when I was there, Queen Rania of Jordan was our ambassador. She could get me into any school system and, and all those are nationally developed in the Middle East. And they were programs and what we do because they knew that when their kids and they were being highly educated would grow up, they were gonna look for something to do. And if they didn't have jobs and didn't know about uh, creating a business They're going to do other things. And I think that kind of proved true in the Arab Spring uh, when all of that took place. And so, you know, I guess as I talk to people in this country that say, well, Jay's great, but, you know, you've been around forever. It's like, wake up. The kid, these young people around the rest of the world are going to eat our kids lunches if we don't get them to prepare to compete. In, in that area. So, sorry to get so passionate about this, but it's, no, I love you know, it. it's just so important what we do and we got to make sure, and there, there are those in this country who see that, but there's many who don't. And so we've got to get that message out. So viewers, if you're not familiar with Jay, you probably are if you're watching this, we need you to become passionate advocates for the organization. Yeah
1: and getting the story out there so important. So I wanna go back for a second and and thanks for sharing that Jack because it, it also puts a different perspective on this for me. And it's interesting to think about why that is that in our country, right? It's not as uh, valued as you said, right? In other yeah. countries. Um, and I think that's, that's a generalization. There's probably some places sure. where it is sure. um, more than others, but you know, so one, obviously, we have to tell our story, whether it's our personal story, our JA story, the story of what we do, um, and getting that out there is so important. But I want to go back to something also about um, you know you working your way through and, and getting up to present. Yeah. You know. So you and I can work for the organization, and we can both be equally as passionate but there's something typically that st- there's there's usually something that stands out, right? Why were you chosen over the next person who might've been equally as passionate, right? What are some of the things if you were telling students, right, that could help them to become successful, what were some of those things?
0: Well, I think, you know, some of them unfortunately come across as cliche. I mean, uh, if I look at myself personally and especially in this role, uh, humility is yeah. key. As you know, you and I in our roles get to work with the top business people, the top educators in the community. And too often I see people in our roles that start to forget that they're kind of the hired help here to get this done. And keeping your ego in check is really important. I mean, over the past 45 years, I've probably had 25 to 30 Bosses, board chairs, uh, business executives, most of them C suite. And I've learned so much from all of them. Uh, you know, you get invited to their parties, you get invited to do social things. Uh, and so I, I think the humility of understanding the role that I have, I've always played over the years, is really to be the guy that gets the job done. And all those things are great perks. And I love these people and I've learned so much. But in the end, you know, our jobs are to make sure that we're delivering to those young people an experience that changes their lives. And providing schools with programs that enhance what they're already doing. And from a business standpoint, creating a future workforce or entrepreneurs that are gonna benefit our system. And so yeah. always keeping that top of mind has been key to me.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a really good one, ego and, and humility. For, for sure. Um, and those things can take somebody down, right? And, and can oh, absolutely. prevent them from being a leader and, and from being successful. So I agree with you. You know, it's interesting, We I, I mentioned earlier about uh, that our educational team up there at JUSA is, has done some amazing work and uh, the digital, how they've transformed our materials. And you mentioned, you know, somebody said, oh, you've been around for 100 years. That's true. But, and you've been around for 45 years. Well, we didn't get here without changing, right, and staying relevant for the times. You didn't get to where you are without changing your approach and strategies over the years. Talk a little bit about, you know, from both perspectives, the importance of staying relevant and the importance of making sure that we are flexible and change with the times.
0: Yeah, that's a good point, Lori. I mean, when you look at the history of our organization, I mean, not many companies for profit or nonprofit make it through 100 years. Mm -hmm. And so I believe it's in our DNA. And I think some of it comes from the business leadership that we receive. I mean, you think about it when when I first got involved in the program, there was one program. It was an after school program. Uh, only for high school students. And we were reaching in its heyday about 300,000 students a year. You know, lo and behold, people that came before me saw the vision that, you know, the kinds of things we were trying to teach young people had already been formed those ideas by the time they got into high school. So that's when we decided, you know, number one, we should go in school. And, you know, number two, maybe broaden it out, and we finally ended up as as K-12. So thinking differently uh, is key. And, you know, even before the pandemic, we were already looking at, as you know, blended learning. And the great irony to me is that, you know, five years ago or six years ago, when we started looking at blended learning in a learning management system, I'm not sure many people were ready for it, Uh, you know, within our own organization, we had programs, but it really wasn't being adopted because it's always easier to do what you've always done. Uh, But, but we, we fortunately saw our leadership team that we needed to be ready. And so as bad as this pandemic has been, and it's terrible uh, for a whole lot of reasons, but I would say from, Uh, the perspective of junior achievement, we've been through wars, we've been through recessions, we've been through you name it. But never have we had both our funding challenged and the demand for our programs challenged because of schools closing that we have today. And so the good thing about this is it really forced all of us to change, whether we wanted to do it or not. And we're seeing that in our school systems. I think that, you know, many schools were early adopters of a blended learning approach or a distance learning approach. But again, just like we were stuck in our ways, many schools were stuck in their ways. Now, guys, we got to change. And so I think accepting that change and stepping up to the change uh, is critical, you know, just to remain relevant. I mean, We're even starting to look at and and hearing from businesses that, you know, you guys do a great job K through 12, but what about, uh, you know, alternative pathways? Kids that maybe aren't going to go to a four-year university anymore and they end up in a, a technical college or a community college. And so we're starting to look at, do we expand the scope? of the target audience that we have to be able to reach those students? Because some people say, well, you take them to 12th grade and then you drop them off and they got nothing. Uh, But but that's kind of the internal debate we're going through right now because there's some people that say, okay, you're reaching 4.8 million students a year. That's still only about 9% of the K-12 population. Why would you expand your target market? But, you know, being able to deliver young people that are going to be effective in careers is our mission. And so do we take that on or not? So yeah. constant change, constant change.
1: Yeah. But what that says to me, you know, as a leader, Jack, right. And, and seeing when I hear a leader like you talk about that, what that says to me is that you are listening to the needs, right, of our communities, of our of our nation of our business leaders and so that's driving right a lot of these conversations and how we we make sure we are a solution provider right and we stay relevant and i think so being open and listening right is so important to what's happening and you and i talked about that a little bit you know we are working on opening as a remote learning center for families who have to go back to work is and and the great thing is that we get to teach jade lessons and and curriculum along the way um, with these students would that be something we would have thought we would have done six months ago no but we are listening to the needs of the families in our community and our partners within this community and how do we all come together uh, and solve the problem. And so, so I, I love that I'm hearing that openness to listening to what what the needs are. Um, one of the things. And so, by the way, I I, I know it's funny. Usually, I white I write on a whiteboard all the ingredients that come out of our <laughs> conversations, But I'm, I'm I'm I don't have my crew here today. You yeah, know, okay. I'm doing this on my own here in the kitchen. But I want to read back some of the ingredients, and then I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everyone at the end, uh, which is, "What is your main ingredient to success?" But so far, what I pulled from our conversation is right. You must have a passion for what you do, and share that passion. Uh, mentors so important to have people who take an interest in you, as or or you know, see the potential that you have and then want to help you achieve that. Confidence. You talked about confidence uh, early on in the story when you shared uh, your experience with JA. Sharing your story, sharing the story of our organization and the work that we do and the work that you do, right? So important in your success. Humility and keeping your ego in check. Being open to learning and growing, uh, delivering results to your constituents. We talked about that and you touched on that, right? Whether it's our students, our partners, our community partners, our corporate partners, we need to make sure that what we're doing is is uh, helping them at the end of the day. Thinking differently, didn't you know, don't do what you always do because that may not work anymore, right? Yeah. And so being ready, or the next step or the next chapter that's coming, accepting change and staying relevant. So all of these are so important and such important ingredients to your success as well as the organization's. And so now I ask you that famous question, what is the main <laughs> ingredient that Jack Kozakowski's success? And well, I think and that's, you're gonna say, but go ahead.
0: That's a, a tough question because I, I think my Standard answer would be the passion that has kept me going, but I would add to that and something that we alluded to but didn't use the word, and that's flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being being willing to change. We talked about that. I mean, for many of your viewers, they may not be aware that uh, an organization, a lot of nonprofits, but Jay in particular, is referred to as a federated structure. And so what that means for those of you not familiar with that term is that we have 105 offices located across the United States, but none of them directly report to our national office that I oversee, but they are local independent NGOs, nonprofits in the communities they serve. And so Lori reports to a local board of directors, not to me, Uh, And we're tied together through something called an operating agreement. And so while I think that in a big corporation, you have to be responsive on the way down, all the way down through the network. I think in a federated structure, really forced to listen to those hundred and five different voices uh, that are actually working directly with our customers, with our stakeholders, I have to listen to them. You know, our office is in Colorado Springs. Uh, unfortunately, in my role now, I don't get to deal with students much anymore, which, you know, I always in, enjoy doing. So, you know, you really have to listen. And there's that old saying, the, the shoe's never on your foot. Man, when you're in charge of a federated organization, that's never been truer. I mean, we need to manage through influence, uh, responsiveness to, to what people are doing. So, you know, especially in the role I'm in, uh, flexibility is key and and that willingness to listen.
1: I love that. And you know, Jack, I, I do have to say that I would not want to be in your shoes. Um, we have 105 amazing presidents around the country. Um, none of us who are shy, none of us who don't want to change the world, right? right. Um, and so that can be difficult, right, to manage, like you said, that many people who who all have the greatest of intentions and, and we all believe in our mission uh, wholeheartedly, but but have a different approach sometimes. And what works for our community and what our community needs may not be what Colorado Springs or somewhere else needs. Right. So so balancing all of that, listening to it and finding that, that, that medium, right, that happy ground for everyone, not always very easy. And we've been through some of those things, I know, even since I've been here. So I, I have to commend you for that. And you make the best decision yeah. you can, right? And you have to be flexible enough that if that decision doesn't work out the way you thought, that you're open to changing it.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, it's very seldom that we will put out an edict that people have to, you got to do it this way. I mean, we, we've adopted this terminology for policies uh, fixed, flexible, and freestyle. And so, you know, certain things in our organization, local markets do different things, and, and that's good. We encourage that, that's innovation some things are flexible you can do it this way that way or another way but there's certain things that have to be fixed i mean the brand that we have the logo the the mission has to be the same now you can accomplish our mission a lot of different ways but if we would have a local market that would decide that they're going to go into i don't know um you know you pick it some subject matter uh, we would have to draw the line there. But otherwise, it's it's that constant fle- fixed, flexible, and freestyle. Uh, and, and I always say that the federated structure is really our greatest strength. Now, it can be a weakness, but it's our greatest strength because there in South Florida, you have a tremendous board of directors who are influential in the community. And because they kind of own the local operation – they're bought in. If, if they thought that everything came down from on high, the mountains in Colorado, they wouldn't have the same interest, passion, and buy-in that they do now.
1: Yeah, really true. Well, Jack, I love that. Fixed flexibility and freestyle. I'm going to have to use that down here uh, with (laughs) our team. Uh, I want to say thank you. Um, Thank you for the opportunity. you know to work for this amazing organization and to work with you and and even more i want to mention i would be remiss if i didn't mention that you have an amazing team behind you truly okay. uh, passionate people who as you mentioned right all of these things also are applied to them they're always so willing to work with us help us figure things out being flexible uh, when they can, and so and being and staying relevant and being uh, innovative. So, so thank you to all of them. Thank you to you. Um, and I again, I I'm, I'll never make it forty five years. I'm I too <laughs> old, even though my mom is only forty nine. So I think that makes me twenty nine. But yes, I still won't make it forty five years. Yeah. Uh, but I've had five amazing years, and my you know my hope is that this is organization I will finish out my career with. So um, so thank you again for being with me today on our show and for sharing your story and, and more about JA for our viewers.
0: Well, it's been my pleasure. And uh, Lori, I hope you stick around a long, long time. Uh, and for the viewers, because I know a lot of them are going to be from South Florida, please know what a tremendous operation we have uh, and you all are fortunate to uh, have that in your community and have a leader like Lori. So thank you.
1: Well, I appreciate that, Jack. Thank you so much, everyone, for watching. I hope that, you know, we've inspired you. If nothing else today, we have inspired you to get involved with Junior Achievement, find out more about what we do, um, and, you know, just make a difference in a young person's life. So that's what we do, and that's what we love. So thanks, everyone, for watching. Look forward to seeing you on the next episode of JA's Recipe for Success.